Obsession is in the building. I repeat, Obsession is in the building. Just like that, yours truly, DJ Obsession. Definitely in the building, baby. And you are officially in session with yours truly, DJ Obsession. Welcome to the scene. And you know how we get down around this town, man. I try to bring you uh, some of everything. And today, I don't even want to say we're doing it any different. We just, we being consistent. That's what we're doing. And um, today, who, who are we talking to? Well, let me tell you. I met this dude back in around 2007. I uh, was DJing at this spot in Brooklyn called Squads. I was there every other Friday and every Monday for the comedy show. And the host for the comedy show was this brother named Rashid. He actually passed away. And... uh. He, it was some pretty big shoes to fill But they searched And they searched And they searched And they found this brother right here And he did a phenomenal job Ladies and gentlemen I got Rip Michaels on the line Rip, what's good, man? What is going on? I'm testing, man Glad to be a part of the podcast, man Super excited, man Congratulations on everything I also saw billboard in Times Square, man. Doing it big, man Oh, got man, it. I appreciate you, brother You know, somebody got to do it Why not me? Hey, I saw and I was like, yo, is that a fact up there? I was like, I was so proud, man. I felt like the mom at the Apollo when she stand up and she clapped a big one and said, That's what's up, man. I appreciate that. You know, I'm just out, out here trying to put the work in. Just like you, man. I mean, comedy has been your life, basically. Am, am, I, am I wrong about that? I would say my daughter mostly, but besides that, yeah. Okay, you know, well, well, let's not take away from the children. You know, well, I'm talking about your means of providing for your daughter. A thousand percent. You know, when I came to New York, because a lot of people don't know I'm not from here. I came to New York from Chicago, completely homeless. I had never been here. I have no family here. And I just got off the Greyhound bus. And me and my daughter, and we've just been rocking ever since. And, you know, and that, that whole year homeless, just, you know, wanting to know if I had what it takes to be a comedian. Um, and even, even if I could do it and my daughter's been a part of the journey. So it's always been, I always say her first career second, cause you know, that's just how it's been. That's been my ride or die since day one, giving out flies, blowing shows, helping my jokes. That's just been my rock. Oh, well, you know, let's give your daughter a round of applause. That's what's up. Now I want to take it back a little bit. We met, like I said, circa 2006, 2007, uh, over at squads. How did you end up being the host of that comedy room? Um, I mean, you, of course, know better than anyone because you were the DJ for the entire time. And, you know, I was just a comedian that came through. And at the time, uh, Kev, you know, which is his brother-in-law at the time, a lot of people know that was his brother-in-law because he had married his sister, um, uh, was having different people hosted. When I came in, it had probably been the fourth or the fourth week after, I guess, Rashid had passed. Um, and I came through, I believe, I forgot who was the host at the time. Um, I know they went through a, a, a plethora of people trying to fill the shoes. Um, for Rashi and I didn't come in and host it. I was just doing a set, and I remember that night you were there, and everybody bombed. The host, everybody was bombing, and I just remember Kev coming over and he was like, "Yeah, man, they're gonna take my room. They're gonna take it away from Rashi because um, they're gonna take the Rashi's room away from me because they feel like I can't get another host, and the shows have been going downhill." And he said, "I'll give you an extra hundred dollars if you can kill it." And I was like, "Dude, I don't know. Everybody bombed. I just think it's just the crowd." So then I went up there, I killed it. And um, then um, we had the same conversation because I don't know if you remember, Rashid actually had BBQ in Green Acres Mall in Spring Valley. And the same situation happened there. Um, I forget who was the host. I think it was Gerald Kelly as the host. And they were born. And, and then uh, KD and Kev, they were both their rooms too. And they came to me and they said the kind of same similar scenario with the $100 thing. 
Um, and I didn't, you know, it's funny when they offered me the hundred dollars that did was and killed it. I gave it back to him. I was like, nah, I'm just here to get this. And, you know, I know just give it to Rashid's family. Um, and then I end up, they asked me, they both approached me and they asked me would I host his room. I actually had my own room at the time. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll host the room. No problem. Um, and they told me what the budget was. A lot of people don't know this. They actually told me what the budget was. And I was like, you know what? Just send the money to his family and just give me $150. I think at the time, it was 150 or 175 to host it. And I gave the other $300 out of the budget to his family every week. Wow. That's what's up, man. You know, um, I remember a conversation that we had once upon a time and we were talking about comedy on a whole. And you basically said that there has been no evolution in comedy since uh, Richard Pryor, since Eddie Murphy, that we haven't gone to that next level yet in comedy. Now, since uh, we've gotten to this whole new social media age and there's been a birth of uh, comics that have come off of social media, would you consider that an evolution in comedy? Well, I think the evolution took place a couple of times, of course. Uh, I would say Def Comedy Jam started um, and sparked a whole new evolution with the Martins and everything. Because um, if you look at it, that Def brought me to Bernie Mac, the Chris Tucker, that opened up a whole new door for the genre of urban black comedy. Like, you know, when urban music was hot, that's what really put us on to the next level. And then you have the BET comic view wave where it got a lot of people in. And I, I, I look at the social media wave as the same type of BET comic view wave. Because BET at first, you know, wasn't like Def Jam. It wasn't as prestigious. You didn't have to be as talented. Um, you didn't have to be this. It just had to be funny or something unique. And then they would just throw you on BET. They were throwing people on BET. They were only doing comedy for three weeks. I knew, I remember one time I was taping BET comedy. Dude was like, this is my second time on stage. And I was like, how in the world are you taping a TV show? But, yeah. And it was just because they turned themselves into a weekly show. I mean, a, a daily show coming on once a week and they just needed slots to fill it. At some point, they would just like just put anybody on in one week. I mean, and that ended up being the demise of it because the quality went down to nothingness after that. But it, that was definitely another wave. And when I look at all my, my comrades, you know, while now, and I look at all the new crops that are coming who are using social media like Jeff Hilarious, DCM Fly, and they're using that platform to get out. And then they're actually going out and hitting these stages and doing the work. Some, some internet people aren't doing the work and it's suffering in their acts. But the ones who are, they're doing exceptionally well when they can buy it. All right. So now you just mentioned Wild and Out. Um, how did you end up on that show? Nick Cannon's Wild and Out, MTV, the whole nine yards. Uh, how did that situation come about? Break that down for us. Um. Well, the first person, I have to always throw it back to Christina Milian. The first person that would put me on anything was Christina Milian um, and her mom. I used to do the very first television show I ever did was a show called Becoming for MTV. Um, and that was, she had a show where if you, um, if you want a, like a lookalike or a sing-along contest or whatever you want to call it, then you got the opportunity to make your own video hat that person. So I was so skinny at the time. Cause when I came to New York, I was like 320 pounds and I didn't eat anything. And I lived outside of Valley. I lived in the Valley. So pretty much all I did was go work out and just shower in Valley. So I hope you know, like been out. So I got down to like 150 in like four months. I was that much weight. And, uh, I was Ja Rule. And that's how small I got. So imagine that's me, that's me that I look exactly like Ja Rule. And I <laughs> that, was, that was a comedy skit, right? You you played Ja Rule, right, right, right. That right. was an actual television show. Well, even the skit, it was actually the television show. I we were three contestants and then you had to do this and ask the trivia, then you had to have a video a shoot and, and see who looked like Ja Rule and they had all his Irv Gotti was the judge and they had other people from that murder thing and they picked me to be the winner of that competition. Yo, that, that is nuts. And you're speaking, you just said judge and that just jarred my memory again. 
You have been on a lot of these uh, court TV shows as well, man. What you was on? Uh, did, were you on Judge Judy? I did every single court television show there. Is. I did every, <laughs> every single one of them I did. I did every single dating show that there was at the time. Fifth Date, Eliminate, uh, Fifth Wheel, uh, Change of Heart. I did all that because I was in a club and people kept telling me they wouldn't put me on because I didn't have credit and I needed TV credit. So I was like, okay, I can't get on anything. Comedy Central, all the late night shows wouldn't even allow me to audition. So I was like, all right, there has to be another door. So then I started getting on everything. <laughs> there was a show where you could get on it. I did. I think I had done one year over twenty five television shows. I could believe that, man. I, I remember just sitting in my living room, flipping through the television on a random Tuesday, and there is uh, Judge Joe Brown and Rip Michaels is on TV. So like, yeah. wait, wait a minute, <laughs> wait, wait yeah. a minute. Is that Rip on Judge Joe Brown? Like what? So the thought process was basically you needed TV creds. So let me just get on as many shows as I can. So I can point to it and say, look, I was here. I was there. I was there. I was there. I was there. And that'll be your uh, foot in the door, so to speak. Correct. At the time I was, so what I did was I wrote different sketches for these television shows. And I was like, this is a funny case. You guys should do stuff like this. And then they all responded well. And I was like, okay, cool. You put it together, then bam. So once I did, I think it was the people's court first, and I used that to leverage every single other court show. And I came up with crazy scenarios, like, uh, and they were all with active comedians. Like one guy, Nima Williams, comedian, suing me because he was my trainer and got me fat and stole my girlfriend. I did another one, Richard. Richard, uh, Richard I remember Reddy. that. I remember that. I did another one, Richard Reddy. He, me and him, he got my dog drunk and killed my dog named Taco. And I'm suing him for the burial thing in my Louis Vuitton jaw period. So just super funny sketches that fit into um, the dynamic of the show. Because what happened with The Wild Nine, I'll circle back to that, is that after I did The Becoming, it, I got in the movie Love Don't Cost a Thing. Uh, Christina was a star in that movie and Nick was a co-star, so she put me in that movie at the time. And then, then I, when they actually did Wild Out and they actually turned it into something, um, I couldn't do the show when it first came on in LA because I was dead and I couldn't fly out there and work for free for four weeks and um, all that. So I never got a chance to do it in the very beginning. So then when it came to New York, I was actually the warm up guy for MTV. Um, and I would warm up for a while and out for, I want to say, three years before they ever put me on. And I would do so good at the warm up that Nick and everybody started turning the By the second year, they would turn the cameras on me and they would actually use my laugh track for the actual taping of the show. So they would tape the audience as I was telling jokes and making the, uh, the crowd laugh. Because I don't do regular one, but I truly warm up like it was an opportunity to showcase how funny I was. I would just tell jokes and, 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 and rap and do everything I possibly could do to show how funny I was. And it just became a phenomenon. And then they were like, you definitely need to be on the show because we're using your laugh tracks anyway. And that's what Nick said. He's like, we got to have him on the show. That's what's up, man. You see, hey, listen, man, you never know. You just got to be yourself and uh, opportunities will flow, man. Another thing I want to talk about, there has been an incredible transformation in the last couple of months with you. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you lost something like 50 pounds in 30 days? 50, 54 pounds in 30 days. 54 pounds in 30 freaking days. I just got one question, my brother. Uh, Bragging back in, in Harlem. <laughs> I would start off by saying that. Uh, <laughs> wow. How, did, how the hell did you lose that much weight in 30 days? 
Um, it goes back to everything that I've done. Like, if you look at anything that I've done, it's been a process from, you know, me not being homeless to having rooms. And at one point, having the most rooms of anybody in New York. At one point, I had 12, 13 of the rooms. I remember you remember all that. That's not bring up a comedian and leave and have to go to another room. Um, and it's just been my, um, my drive and God's driving for everything that I put my energy into. Um, from that to Wild Now, because if you look at Wild Now, that went from me just being a actual cast member to actually creating the Wild Now tour. I mean, you were part of that whole process. You were a part of the whole process. And I remember that started with Nick telling me, like, I wish that I could, you know, sell out arenas. And we were going to Cat, Real- Cat Williams. And I was like, dude, I sell out arenas all the time. If this is what you want to do, you put me on the show. I look out for you. I do this. This is your dream to sell out arenas. And I took it and, and I paid everybody. And I started it at Amazora with like a thousand people in the room. And everybody told me it wasn't going to so do well. Everybody made me pay them up front because they thought it was going to fail. And I ended up doing two shows there, completely sold out and doing one in Long Island and turned it into a 50-city tour two years straight. I was number two tour in the country. But when you asked me about the weight loss thing, I actually was inspired by you because you were running. I don't know if you tell your fans, but, I, you know, I spoke to you in your journey with beating COVID and, you know, working through that and you actually jogging every day. I remember before I even started working out, I had to ask you what a 5K was. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, man. I remember that. I remember that, but it's... Listen, man, I've never lost that much weight in such a short amount of time. Now, I've known you for some years and I've known you to go to the gym quite often. Like, I, I can't remember a time where you the, the gym wasn't a part of your life. Oh, yes, you can. When we were doing those Tokyo Titans, the squads, you know, <laughs> lots of boxes, even there. That was, that was 2007, brother. That was 2007. No, like we weren't going the, to the gym at the all. Last, we the fat. last few years, yeah, we was both fat. The last few years, though, you was definitely in that gym. Something happened between that time and the last few months that you just found a new gear, man. I, I, and I have no idea what it is. Would you please share some of them secrets, brother? Uh, okay, so what happened was, it, and uh, it literally, I was just, you know, just trying to, you know, I was still found like 270 or whatever, and I was still, you know, just going maybe twice a week, just to go for a conversation like anybody else. Did. And then someone was like, oh, it just started off as a challenge. So someone, and I just said it like, it was like a Jordan, the producer, one of the uh, DPs, and Cliff, one of the um, uh, directors of uh, cinema for a while now. They were like, oh, Cliff is doing all this. Cliff is great. Jordan Ross is doing great. And they would just, they would do it literally in the conversation. They were like, I bet you Cliff could be, beat you in weight loss. Cliff is a beast. He plays soccer. And I was like, man, come on, can't nobody beat me. And I just said, yeah, whatever, set it up. And I just said it jokingly. And then the next thing I know, I looked on the internet a day later and everybody was telling me I was in this challenge to be in this weight loss challenge. And I thought it was a joke among friends. Right. So that had to get it here. And then when I looked at it, I was like, okay, cool. All right, I'm bored. And it was more gotcha because then I looked up and he had sponsors. He had a, a trainer. He had meal prep. He had all this other stuff. And they, all these companies got behind him. And I was like, yo, that's when I called you. I was like, what is what is the 5K? What do I need to do? And I started asking everybody for advice and I started piecing it together and I started learning my body and I started reaching out to different trainers and then God blessed me by the fourth, I want to say fourth day, almost the fifth day of the challenge into the 30-day challenge. I By then I ended up getting a trainer and some meal prep and I started reading everything I did and calling every person I could to get the knowledge to win. He ended up losing 26 pounds. I ended up losing 54, but I hurt my shoulder and gained like three pounds back before the weigh-in and came out to like 51 something. Um, a whole but, three pounds. Oh, oh okay. That's mm-hmm. well, because I pulled my shoulder and I couldn't lift for um, a lot of days. Like I had, to, I could only do certain things. 
Um, and your shoulder, when your shoulder hurts, you don't realize how many exercises are in that. It's not just lifting weights. It's just if you're running on the treadmill, if you're doing elliptical. Yeah, absolutely. Your shoulders and all of that. The only thing I could really do, and when my shoulder was completely torn, was the bike, the cycle bike, and just, you know, ride the bike with a sling three times a day. Um, but I learned how to process my body, and I learned that, you know, you have to. And I didn't know I would inspire so many people. So even after I lost all the weight, I, ha- I must have had over 4,000 emails. From even celebrities, from Anthony Anderson to, to huge trainer people asking me how I did it. And so many people inspiring stories and asking today, could I help them? And I even got my mom to lose like 11 pounds in seven days. Wow. And that walking, <clears throat> we had two strokes and all cancer. And my sister got her back in uh, doing it because it's not as hard as people think. It's just a mindset of what you're going to do and knowing when to have what you want to have. Like I never, even with my dad, I never really gave up. Um, it wasn't a crash diet, and I know everybody thinks like to lose that much, you must have been like a crackhead, or you must be no. It's just certain times you eat. I, and I was telling anyone that's doing it, the most important thing is to do something when you first wake up. Um, I agree I, with that. I agree with that hundred percent. Whether I do fifteen minutes of jumping jack right above, right at the foot of my bed, or jump rope for ten minutes before I start my day, I do something before I even brush my teeth because that starts my metabolism. I'm naturally a fat person. Um. I'm naturally just a big person. So anytime you see me in shape, it is me working hard to be in shape. I'm not like you. Like, you're a naturally skinny person. You lost weight once, and I've never seen you gain it back. I've been Luther Vandross, Freddie Jackson the entire time. No, 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 no. I wish that was 100% true. Now, I can say I didn't start out heavy, but all those nights DJing, all the, the, the cheese eggs and all kind of craziness at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the morning and them diners, that definitely made a difference. And uh, that's where the weight came from. But, uh, yeah, I never, ever, 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 ever have been super skinny. I did put that weight on and taking it off was definitely a chore. You have to be focused. You got to be out there in that park or whatever it is you're doing. You have to really focus, man. It's it's really a mental game. And I try to tell people that all the time, that it is mostly you. You know, you think. You, you'll tell yourself something like, oh, I can't do without meat. I can't do without bread. I can't do without this. That's you. You're giving yourself the problem. You really can do without all of that. You know, it's a it's a mental game more than anything, man. So I just got to commend you, brother, because you did an amazing job. 50 pounds. And I will, I will thank you very much. And I will sit there and, and test to your testimony. It is definitely a struggle because I'm like, again, I'm naturally fat. Something I naturally keep on my body is I'm naturally if I don't work out, I'm naturally 280. Um, and if I do work out, I'm naturally 250. So without actually putting in, and right now I'm 202, I think I weighed myself this morning. I've gained a little bit of weight back, but I put on muscle because I started lifting weights. I didn't like my, my skin tone. I mean, like, you know, I wanted to be a little bit more bulky um, versus so skinny. Um, but it is definitely a, a, a thing. But what I would tell anyone is trying to get in the weight loss, if I can inspire anyone. So it's not as hard as people make it seem. It's just that, I never gave up donuts. I never gave up um, McDonald's and stuff. I just you was eating donuts while you was losing fifty pounds, brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was. Hmm. That that's some amazing that's some amazing stuff right there. I, I I can't eat any kind of junk food while I'm working out. It's just not going to be okay. No. Okay. So what it is with donuts and everything? Like even on certain things, like you can you can't just starve your body. You can't just not give it certain things. There are certain carbs, even pizza, you got to have a certain time knowing your body and just, you know, knowing when to put it in your body. So right. a lot of these things, knowledge, 
So yes, I still ate pizza. Yes, I still ate donuts. Because when you put put yourself on a crash diet, you're never going to maintain that. And you actually can gain weight like that. You can mm-hmm. actually gain weight by sitting there trying to starve yourself eating just tuna every day. But with actually um, knowing what times to eat it. Like, you don't have a donut, say, say, say if I've eaten just fish and broccoli for two days, then me eating the donut is going to trick my metabolism and think I'm back eating donuts and then I go back to the fish or the salmon, then it's going to burn fat. It's going to automatically just start burning the salmon and everything off, which is going to rocket me into losing even more weight than before. You did an amazing job, man. So congratulations once again. You know, I, I know it's been a long journey uh, from Chicago, homelessness, just coming out here on a chance and hoping that things work out, especially with your daughter in tow. Uh, single father, right? Yes, sir. I've raised my daughter completely by myself. My mother lived in Orlando the entire time. Wow, that's what's up, man. Coming out here, especially with your child and just taking a chance on life and being able to cut through the comedy circuit in such a competitive city like New York City and to hold your own and just to kind of ride these waves to keeping all these shows and all these arenas around the country and being on television while and out. And I know you still got way more in store for us. And just the fact that you did all of that and plus lost 50 pounds in 30 days just shows that you a beast out here, man. So I got to give you a round of applause again, brother. Thank you, man. And, and what I would say with both of us obsessing and what we're doing and we're just really getting started. Like I'm just now getting started on what I've, uh, I have in, in store, like I'm finally producing my own show. Big shout out to Kevin Hart for producing my first actual um, television show that's coming out. We just signed a contract for that, so you'll see that everywhere. We start filming in two weeks. Nice. Um, he bought tw- and, he, and he liked it so much, he bought 12 episodes, which is unheard of, because normally they buy six, three. He bought 12 episodes off the back, so it's a fresh order of 12, and that's just been a great thing. And then I also got this- I'm already Hart- asking for a cameo, but I'm listening. Yes, I got the show with Cardi coming out. That's getting um, picked up as well. Cardi's pushing that with the off the rip thing that we do with the sketches. So it's just been, you know, this whole thing. And then, you know, I'm pretty glad that everything goes back around because before it closed, I still had like 30 cities to do on the wild out tour and I still got my April Fool. So just getting back into myself. And I just want to thank God and all my fans because like those, sometimes it gets, and I, I know you can attest to it. Um, sometimes you... Uh, you get low, and the fans hitting me up saying, "Rip, I, I'm you're inspiring me. That keeps me going. That makes me not quit." Um, someone telling me that I'm living their dream keeps me going when I want to fold. So even like interviews like this, like even asking me to do my podcast, um, and today was a crazy busy day. This makes me feel super blessed to be in the position that I am to continue to, even on my down days, get some light coming. So I thank you for that. Yo, man, no problem, Rip. You know you my peoples. Uh, you know, one other thing before we get out of here, I, I just want, I was wondering, man, I know you do a lot of stand up. How has it been uh, performing during this whole COVID thing, man? How, okay, so when COVID first happened, I was probably the first stand up when they opened up clubs to go out. And I remember D Ray and all these different comedians, even some really top tier comedians asking me, why are you going for Mike Epps? So like, you're going back out? And, uh, I did. I mean, when you asked me, you were like, Rip, you performing doing COVID, getting on planes and going into Florida? And I was doing like the little four states that was actually open at the time um, because I knew they needed it. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about anything. And I don't consider myself a first responder or anything like that. I just know that a lot of people were going through a lot of things, a lot of divorces. And I, as my name is actually Rip Mike Heels. A lot of people don't understand it. it's actually R-I-P-M-I-C-H-E-A-L-S, not Michael. But, um, to be able to go out there and take, um, whether it's one hour, 
of stress away from someone or I can just take their mind off of whatever their problems are going through. It actually makes me feel better. And that's why I got into comedy. That's what's up, man. And that, that's noble. And uh, again, man, just thank you for taking the time to chop it up with me today. Appreciate you. Uh, wish you much more success. You can tell everybody where they can find you online. Oh my God. You can find me at Rip Michaels on everything. Instagram, Rip Michaels. You can Instagram, uh, TikTok, Rip Michaels. My website is ripmichaels.com. You can even find me on MoneyGram. If you go to MoneyGram and you put Rip Michaels in, I will definitely like it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what's up, man. Again, Rip Michaels online. That's what's up, man. Appreciate the hell out you, brother. Right, Thanks for taking, taking, taking Absolutely, man. You want me to run? Anytime you're ready, brother, we can go, man. Just I, I hope you can keep the pace, though. I'm pretty nimble out there, man. I'm Okay, so we're going to do gym. Let's not do crack at all. Let's just do straight gym. I'm not even going to mess with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, yo, Rip, thanks again, man. Appreciate the hell out you, brother. Take care out there, man. Yeah, man. Just like that, you're truly DJ Obsession in the building. Just about going to do it for me. I'm going to pack it up, get the hell out of here. I want to say big shouts to you for rocking with me this week. Big shouts to Rip Michaels for calling in. Really appreciate it. If you need to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on Instagram at DJ Obsession. And if you have any show ideas, shoot me a DM. Or if you want to be a guest on the show and talk about a certain topic, uh, something you think I should cover, let me know. You know, it's all good. Thanks again for rocking with me. I will see you all next week. Have a great week. Stay safe.